This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I am Ryan Morrison and here in person with me today, or I should say I'm in person with them. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Austin Hoffman and Ryan O'Connor. Hi. Hi. I'm in New York. We decided to hop in the studio together, which we have not done in, in months, and we are not having to record over the power of the internet. I, I miss the internet. This I is, feel this like is, I've lost all my power. This is too personal. Yeah, I don't like that I can I can see you guys. Because I mean, just looking at you, Austin, makes me angry usually. And now now that I can see you... Wanting to say things as I'm talking makes me even angrier. Yes, yes. I I, I, I like and I feed off of your rage though. It's so good. Yeah, you know no. what? I'm back. I'm at full power now. I'm egg sandwiched up. I that is the one true food. Uh, New York pizza and New York egg sandwiches are do not exist in the rest of the world. People don't understand that either. I tweeted out that there are no egg sandwiches outside of New York, and and that's that's not me being a pompous New Yorker. There's obviously pizza elsewhere, but there is not egg sandwiches right. elsewhere. They just don't do it like New York delis do. They don't even make it the same way. They don't even have delis. But everyone on Twitter was like, "You're an idiot." Yes, they do, and they started sending me the strangest, weirdest, saddest things. I've never felt more pity for other humans than I have, especially our German listeners. Jesus Christ, what they call an egg sandwich is quite literally. It's not even egg salad. Actually, it's now like, I'm curious. It's like an egg on bread. It's just, <laughs> it's like an actual hard-boiled egg on bread. I thought you were going to say like it was like an egg sandwich in between two potato pancakes, and I'm like, wait a second. Game changer. Well, no, that sounds okay. delicious. Oh, no, that, 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 bring, that brings us to our topic for the day. Roll or bagel for your egg sandwich. Yeah, so this is this came up last night, and it's... it's it didn't just come up last night. It came up on Twitter today. I saw that someone someone jumped in, and, and I, I said, you know, he, he was saying that the, the answer is it is better in the tri-state area, New England even, I'll give it to them a little bit, because our water is better, our bread is better, so much so out here. L.A., there's good food in L.A., sure. I'm still waiting for your answer. Well, I, I'm going to get there, but I'm saying no matter what your choice is, it's still better than the rest of the world, oh, yeah. because our bagels and rolls are so much better in, in, in the northeast of America than the rest of the world, but... There is an easy answer here, and it is roll. Of course, bagel. No. Bagels are for bagels. Egg sandwiches go on rolls. No, yes, of course. everything bagel. You get a B, E, and C with an S, P, K. Salt, pepper, ketchup. You B, need e, salt, C. pepper, and ketchup. At the very least, you need ketchup because ketchup no. is the most. But, but, but when you eat cheese, here. salt, pepper, ketchup. B, E, C, S, P, K. All right. On see, an the problem here, bagel. The problem. No, the problem with the bagel is that you have too many things going on, and then the problem with the bagel. Oh, flavors. The bagel, yeah. You know, the like bagel flavors? is always the forefront. The bagel is always going to be the focus of whatever meal it's in, and the problem here is that you're here for an egg sandwich. You're not here for a bagel. You're here for the egg sandwich, and the egg sandwich will just take over everything else, and you're not eating an, a, a, a breakfast sandwich anymore. Why are you saying it so fast? You're still wrong at the end. You can talk like a normal person and still be So we don't have a producer mixing this today, and we are in a studio that doesn't have mic stands, so I'm just going to apologize in advance for Austin's audio, because when he gets excited, he starts gesticulating in every direction, and his microphone is nowhere near... The same distance from his mouth at any given time, and I can't possibly adjust these levels that quickly. Yes, we need a robot. Yeah. <gasps> no, like, like it was not a, like, that like, funny. Like a council of robots so, that could dictate our So robot. anyway, where we're going today... Uh, we don't need roles. Right, right before I recorded this, 
there was something called Bully Hunters online, which, to be honest, I have not looked at. I have no idea what it is. It sounds pretty silly from, from the very quick thing I looked at it, but I didn't watch the videos or anything like that. I landed in New York. I got off the airplane, and I got, I'm not exaggerating, you know, 75 tweets saying, hey, can make tell this girl that she's an idiot and I can make videos about her and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, great. You know, every time someone uh, in the, the incel alt-right community starts oh. adding me. Incels aren't a thing anymore. Whatever. I know it's going to be a, a good day. Uh, so, and then, you know, there's no right answer there because you're either just agreeing with Nazis or you agree with the uh, the woman they're attacking. And then they're going to send you 17 hours of, of white knight memes. And great. I mean, it's, it's fine. Uh, but I had no idea what was going on here other than they were quite literally asking me. I can read the, the tweet later, but basically it was it was along the lines of, hey, you know, doesn't bullying not matter with fair use? Isn't it still fair use even if we're bullying her? Um, and and my answer was not anything about fair use. I, I wasn't going to say yes or no. To be clear, we'll get into it. It doesn't matter if you're bullying someone for fair use. That's That, that doesn't affect the fair use test. But what, I, what, what my answer was, was if you're asking for me to legally give you the okay to go harass someone... <laughs> grow up and that's all i said go you know grow up and leave me alone did you think that that wasn't going to go unanswered? well i should have assumed i mean it's that not my first rodeo so that cut cut to it now it's been about 15 hours later and it is just i mean the the, the stupid thing the things they think are offending people or getting to you are because most of them are very young teenagers and they they are uh you know, the things that offend people in high school are not the things that offend me in my 30s where they're saying, oh, is this how you kiss girls? Like, <laughs> yep, that's how I do it. I go online and I defend them with fair use. Uh, but but what does annoy me and drives me absolutely insane is when the leaders of these uh, terrible communities, the kind of the alt-right influencers, start coming out with their tens of thousands of followers and saying fair use law as if it is fact when they are so terribly wrong. I thought you lived for this. Being told the law for fair use, not not even questioned or queried, but being told by people that have no idea what you're talking, what they're talking about. Well, here's the worst part of it is, and, and and non pompously, I speak the most about fair use on probably the entire internet, and I'm constantly talking about it. I'm constantly going around and doing an AMA on it or screaming about it on Twitter, and then what I find happens is someone will take my tweet out of context, make a Reddit post about it. Then come back to me the next time there's a fair use argument using my own statement that they think is not my statement. They think they read about fair use somewhere. And then they're yelling at me about what I have previously said through the lens of now they know fair use better than I do. And listen, fair use is a very complicated thing. It is not the easy open and shut discussion everybody wants to have. Transformative has become synonymous with fair use, which is just couldn't be more wrong. I can't tell you how many tweets I got last night, I'm still getting them, that say, hey, if I take her video and then I add my commentary, that's transformative and that's always fair use, you're an idiot. Well, they're right, right? <laughs> no, they're not right. <laughs> so we'll go through why they're not right and why that might be fair use, but it also might not be. And why that's it's a very difficult question, but we'll go through it and, and we'll understand all that. We're also going to go through the other words that are used interchangeably that are not interchangeable, which is trademark and copyright. Oh, uh, we did an episode on that a long time ago. We did, and but no yeah, that exists. was before me though, and no one cares about those. Yeah, and I, I also think it needs an update where we're going to go through likeness rights, trademark, copyright, and what the DMCA is, because now people think DMCA takedown is also synonymous with just taking down a video. I don't like your video. I'm DMCAing it. Well, okay, do you know what those four letters stand for? <laughs> do you know what it's about? 
and is that true? And we it, did that with the Alex Maurer episode, right? We've we've talked about all well, of because this these things in, t- you you hit these so frequently that it's insane that people have no idea what most of them mean, right? That doesn't stop people from talking about no, it. it's this the is internet, America, Jack. But that's the point of this podcast is to educate. So we're going to go through and we're going to explain all of this. All of the words for intellectual property are used very interchangeably on the internet: copyright, trademark, patent, everything else. People don't know the difference. The DMCA is thrown around Twitter and Reddit and everywhere else, and it's talked about very commonly by a lot of people who don't really understand that a DMCA takedown is only for copyright issues. It's not for other stuff. The DMCA quite literally stands for the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and that has the word copyright in it. It is for copyright. So we've done a few things on this. We did the PewDiePie episode where we got into the DMCA takedown procedure. We talked about when it's okay, when it's not okay. Uh, We did the episode on Alex Maurer where we talked about DMCAs quite a bit. What I want to do today is really just kind of take a step back and go more into detail about the different areas of of intellectual property and what doesn't apply versus what does apply with the DMCA takedown. I also just think it's worth going over what is and is not part of this because it is so misquoted and and spoken about improperly throughout the internet. Copyright and trademark are used as if they are the same thing, and they are not the same thing. Very quickly, the idea behind each area of law is, for the most part, copyrights are there to protect you for your hard work. Trademarks are there to protect us from getting confused about who's making the product. Uh, Us being the consumer. Us being the consumer. So trademarks are more to protect consumers. Copyrights are more to protect the people making the thing. But at the end of the day, neither one of that, none of that really matters. The idea that, that everyone should know is what is a trademark versus what is a copyright. It's not that complicated, but of course, once you get into the weeds, everything gets complicated. Uh, but on the very easy surface level, trademarks are your, your name, your slogan, and your logo. So that is McDonald's is a trademark. McDonald's Golden Arches is their logo and a trademark. And McDonald's Ba 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 I'm Loving It is their slogan and a trademark. Now, copyright protects your ideas in a fixed medium. So what that means is if you have a good idea for a character or a game or a movie or whatever, none of that's copyrighted. Your ideas are are basically not able to be protected until you put them into some form of, of, of medium where they exist now. So if you write game code, that's protected. If you write a script, that's protected. If you draw a character, that's protected. Your art is protected. Your final video game is protected. Your final movie is copyright. It's not the right legal analysis, but to layman's terms it for you a little bit, basically the long form stuff or the more complete project is copyright. The thing that's not exactly the same every time is copyright. But when when that art becomes a logo and it's used over and over again, think Mickey Mouse the character, Steamboat Willie, is a copyright. If you think, though, Mickey Mouse's face all throughout Disney's park as a logo where when you see those three circles and you know, oh, that's Mickey, that's Disney, that's now a trademark. That is that is a source signifier for Disney. And they have protection to say that you can't do that because you would confuse people into thinking that you are affiliated with Disney when you're not. Okay, so if I have an idea for a cartoon character or a video game character and I want to take my idea and put it into a physical medium, like so I, I draw it or I, I put it on... I don't know, do I Photoshop it or internet. whatever Whatever the internet people do to make video game characters? Once I physically create it, is that instantly a copyright? Is that protected or no? So there's common law and then there's actual law. For common law, the idea, but uh, trademarks are protected immediately when you have a trademark. So the little TM symbol that you see on a lot of things, that is common law protection. 
you can create a company right now and immediately put a TM on it saying, hey world, I am claiming that this is my brand now. I have common law protection over it. This is my trademark. That TM symbol basically is meaningless in a true legal context in the sense that it is common law protected by case law, not protected by legislation. Now, the little R symbol, on the other hand, means registered. That means registered with the government. That is a registered trademark. So when you oh. see the golden arches and the little R there, that is a registered trademark of the McDonald's Corporation. If you saw the golden arches with a TM there, that would that's still fine, but that's that means you know it is not registered with the government, and they're relying on common law rights to it. Oh, so they've been lazy, or they didn't have the money. McDonald's doesn't register. I understood what you meant. McDonald's is is not necessarily being lazy or uh or or doesn't have the money for it. <laughs> There's a, a million reasons why they might stick with common law rights over going for the full registration. Oftentimes it's because they're trying to to prove secondary meaning of their word. The word might be common in the industry, but they're using it so often that they're saying, Hey, this is ours and we're gonna rely on it. If you disagree, come sue us. Uh we're gonna do a full breakdown of trademarks and we're going to go through the uh much more popular than us podcast serial they went through quite the endeavor and adventure with their trademark and we're going to have uh my associate allison rothman on here soon to talk about that and we'll get deeper into the the weeds on on that side of things but all you really need to know for this is trademarks protect your brand your lo- they, they, your name your logo or your slogan and tm is common law rights and r is registered that's all trademark that has nothing to do with copyright TM and R have nothing to do with copyright at all. They are irrelevant for the DMCA. And for DMCA takedowns, we're only concerned with copyright. Because it's in the letters of the word. I'm going to be honest. You the did thing it. I learned most about this episode is I always thought the R was copyright with a big circle around it that it was just a big C. So I just always thought that that R was a copyright. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, well, well, I can't well hold on, because there is a C. There is also a C for, no, I for copyright. No, Oh well, no. Wait, you no, thought the I'm, R I'm fully was admitting a C? that I'm an idiot on this one. Like, I, I don't really understand what that. you thought. You thought the R was also a C? No, I thought the the circle around the R was a, just a big C. Oh. <laughs> oh, so it was cop. It stood for copyright. Yeah. Oh. Wow. No. Yeah, that's super wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, you know, you are completely wrong. Uh-huh. It's nice, but it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, when you see the what you what you'll see copyright symbols mostly around is at the bottom of websites. Copyright of blah 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 2017, and that's because the full website, the code behind it, all the the assets on it, everything else, that's all protected by copyright. The only trademark on that website is usually going to be the top left corner, whatever their name or logo is. The rest, all copyright. All the, all the scripts you wrote on there, all the, the copy you wrote, all the art you drew, and again, the back-end code and everything is copyright. Another interesting point with copyright and trademark is the time associated with it. Trademarks take about six months to two years to get. So when I put in a trademark application... I won't have that trademark for about six months to two years. So this is registering your trademark? Right. So to get a little deeper into trademarks, trademarks are broken up into classes of goods. So as you guys know, there's always outrage throughout the internet of how can someone own that word? Well, they don't usually own that word. They own that word within the class of goods that they applied for. So, so like in a, a specific context- circumstance, they own it. So like, like on YouTube... Uh, what, what's an what's an example? Yeah, so I mean, a good example and and another part of trademarks that's important to understand is you also can't own a descriptive word. So when people say, "How the heck can someone own the word apple?" Well, they own the word apple for computers. They don't own it for food. Apple brand apples would not be okay. Apple brand computers is okay. 
So that's and that's because of two reasons. One, it's broken up into classes of goods. Apples are different than computers in the trademark office. Food is a different class than computer and hardware. And that also means that this, it shows descriptiveness, whether it is or is not okay. Again, Apple brand computers are fine, but if your trademark is describing the source of the goods, that would be unfair to everyone else selling apples. All of a sudden, you own the word of the product you're trying to sell. That's not okay. But like, why is Amazon Fresh okay then? Because it's delivering fresh goods to your door. Because it's not descriptive of, of they're not delivering me a fresh. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That is that it's it's silly, but that is what it is. So so you so it's it almost it. If it was, I mean, again, I, Amazon Food is potentially an okay trademark because they're not trademarking food. They're trademarking Amazon Food, so it'd be their brand. Well, the you're food. joking, but if it was food from the Amazon as opposed to the company Amazon, <laughs> oh, no. geographical locations are also not usually able to be trademarked. If you notice, if you go around New York City here and you just walk around, you'll see uh, that in Astoria, for example, where I used to live, there was 19 Astoria delis right around me. Okay. They were all called Astoria delis. Normally, the first one of those guys would be the first to commerce and say, hey, all these other guys are stealing my name and they're they're tricking people into thinking that that deli is associated with my deli. The reason for that is because Astoria Deli is a geographic location and the trademark office is going to say, no, you do not own Astoria where your business is located and deli the descriptive term for what you are. So that uh, there can be 6,000 Astoria Delis and no one owns rights to that. But if, if you, you threw in the word fresh, like a story of fresh deli. Seriously, yeah, that might be enough. I mean, there there is always it, it there is no, that the hardest part of all of this and why the internet gets so mad at me and constantly comes back to me with such nonsense legal analysis is because everybody wants an answer. They want closure. They want to say things like, hey, my video is transformative, so it's fair use. That's never, ever, ever true. <laughs> Everyone wants an answer, but there is none. This is all, all of intellectual property is a gray area of law that, re- that will usually require a judge or a jury's determination, or there's just it, it will require a trademark examiner looking at something and saying this is okay and that's not, and two examiners will look at the same rules and give a different answer. Well, that's, that makes sense because if if there was an answer, you wouldn't have a job. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's why. So copyrights, it's stupid easy. You can get a copyright with your eyes closed and no hands, and that's because the copyright office doesn't really review anything. You put in your copyright, and they say, "Cool, you've been recorded and filed." Copyrights have very narrow protection, so we don't really care. Uh, but as if you send in something and you say you have a copyright to it, it, it'll almost always go through. On the flip side, trademarks are very difficult to get through. And that's because all these examiners have all these different rules they have to consider before they file your trademark because trademarks have much more broad protection. It's Trademarks are very powerful. Copyrights less so. And that means that the trademark office has hundreds and hundreds of examiners that are looking at all of these applications every day and coming up with their own determination. And I can tell you from experience, one examiner will give you a very different answer on the same exact piece of law as another examiner. Well, You're it talking seems about- like, like trademarks have a wider field and a wider range of appeal because copyright, it's like you look it up. It's like, is there a copyright for this? Yes. Okay. Stop. But trademarks, there could be multiple scenarios where they could come up uh i i hear copyrights are a yes no answer trademarks are the argument i hear what you're saying and 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 honestly no so copyrights uh, copyright will protect against something substantially similar to it so again if you've copyrighted mario brothers somebody can't just make that game and change all the colors in it and say hey this is different it's not different it's still substantially similar an analogy i've used on this podcast before is jason versus michael myers uh, you look at Friday the 13th, 
and you have Jason, who is a big, tall, white serial killer wearing a mask who kills everyone except the virgins. Then you go to Halloween, and you have Michael Myers, who's a tall, white guy in a mask who kills everyone except the virgins. (laughs) On paper, those guys sound exactly the same, but when you watch the two movies... No one watches Halloween and says, oh, I think that's Jason. They are not substantially similar, even though they're close. Now, well, one's clearly much better than the other. I don't have a preference or care, so I don't it know. It is literally Friday the 13th when we're recording this. Well, yes, it, we are recording so this So we are repping Jason hardcore. That's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, imagine you just came through the door right now. Like, Oh, man. Yeah, I don't that, know. that would be a great way to end the episode. Honestly, none of them Why? You'd scary. be safe. <laughs> oh my wow every that. every single commenter on twitter last night agrees with you uh <laughs> you are welcome twitter <laughs> no but so so long story short that's that's copyright it's it's substantially similar trademarks are more broad because the test for them is confusingly similar and when they test who's confused they look at the dumbest person you know so if if your trademark is even kind of close to the other trademark it's not going to go through Wait, what's your real life job then, Austin? Are you that guy? <laughs> Austin is the litmus test for trademark confusion. <laughs> no, but does that does that answer your question? It's not about one is necessarily more powerful than the other. It's just trademarks more broadly protect. Yeah, that's what I was trying to come across to say. Right. So, but it, there's also not you can't just go to the copyright website and search for a copyright. There is nothing to search for there because think about it. If you're how would you go search for Mario Brothers the full video game? That's all every map design is copyrighted, every character's copyrighted, all the speech in the game is copyrighted. Each piece is a separate uh, So copyright. there so there is no true search database for copyright. There really? are really there, So well, there's not like, like I'm not expecting the full on end of Indiana Jones where there's files and like we have top men working on this, but like you're you're not saying that they can't like consolidate those copyrights they are i think you're not i think you're not giving credit to how complex copyrights can be i mean a full finished game the entire start to finish is copyright so okay so with a trademark it's very easy to search the trademark database and see is this word trademarked okay it is in what class of goods is it trademarked because it's you're searching for one word uh if you have a logo you can search by logo you can type in crowns and you can see every logo that has a crown in it uh the trademark office is very good about that they take every logo and they attach descriptive terms to it and they'll say this falls into crowns burger king for example this has crowns and doofy white mascots that's not their official term but something like that uh copyright on the other the king doofy no but copyright on the other hand is so complex with so many variables and quite literally because anything yeah anything you do is a copyright if i squiggle anything on a board that is copyrighted and how do you really search that so yes they have a, a registry of all these copyrights and yes you can go search through it but it is not in anything intelligible where you're going to be able to to build on that that's what i was trying to ask before is so if you squiggle something down you're saying that's a copyright but then we what's the point of the copyright office if that's instantly a copyright well so the 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 not the only but the main reason to register a copyright is because that allows you to sue someone over it. So, for example, there's a lot of trolls out there, a lot of even law firms that do it, where they just send around a million cease and desist saying, hey, I represent this photographer, and they do, and you use their image on your your website, we're suing you, give us you know $30,000, we're following a lawsuit. The first thing we always say to those people is, send us your registration. So if they've never registered gotcha. that copyright, they cannot sue over it. You also can't retroactively register. So you can't say, hey, I see this guy infringing me. Oh, now I'm going to okay. register and sue him. That's why you have to register your copyright to kind of be ready for that infringement. 
Trademarks, on the other hand, you can sue without a, a formal registration, but common law, common law trademark rights get real messy real quickly, and it is always better to have a registered trademark. Because then you have like a date and everything as you, opposed to You saying, have the yeah. date of first use, which is super important. America does, is not first to file. We're first to use. So but what that means is it doesn't matter if you come up with a good name for your computer company and go register it until you're in commerce, as they call it, you are not. Uh, you do not have a registered copyright, and you do not. Uh, sorry, trademark, and you have no protection. Okay, so until people are exposed to what you what you're doing, and what's even deeper with that is within the class of goods. So very, very often we have people call us and say, "I have a great name for my video game. I'm going to make it. I want to register the trademark. Uh, I the game's not going to be out for a year, but I have a website and it has the name and the URL. I also have a Kickstarter. I have a Twitter. I have a Facebook." I have all of this awesome stuff, uh, so get that trademark in, please, and, and get it rolling. Great. We have to tell them no, and, and you can file with an intent to use, but we have to tell them it will not register because your website does not matter. Uh, uh, anything that is advertising or marketing material does not matter. Social media does not matter. I don't care if you just paid somebody 50 grand for that Twitter name. It is irrelevant to the trademark. Uh, all of that stuff is not something we would put in with a trademark application, where it gets messy, and what to, would you put in the then? product? So right. right, so the the thing to prove for a video game in particular, uh, if it's an Apple App Store game, we would just quite literally send in a screenshot of that page that says "Play now" or "Buy now" or "Download now." Uh, we send in Steam pages all the time. We send in. You can send in the the box, although those exist less and less nowadays. But uh, you know, you can you send in the retail stuff with the trademark in use on it. Again, your trademark is very narrowly defined but broadly protected if you name your game austin and o'connor's game and that's the <laughs> trademark probably not going to go through but it doesn't matter let's just use it as an example and then on the box that you release it says uh o'connor and austin's game they're going to say sorry that's not what you applied for that now, makes sense though but if you got austin and o'connor's game as a registered trademark you could stop someone else from using o'connor and austin's game because that is still confusingly similar. Yeah. So, do you, but do you understand the line there? Yeah. So, so that's as you said. So it's narrowly, you submit narrowly, but then it applies broadly. Right. So you have to be real specific with what you're applying for. But once you get it, you have super broad protection. Trademarks are are very powerful. So and, could something be both? Can you copy? Could something be both a copyright and a trademark at the same time? Yeah. I mean, the the best example for that is is Mickey Mouse or Wolverine or someone like that who where you. When you see them, you think the brand. So, uh, you know, a, a, a major component of what is a trademark is when I see it, it is a source signifier for that company. When I see Wolverine, I think Marvel. When I think Mickey Mouse, when I see Mickey Mouse, I think Disney. That's huge because that means that they are arguably also trademarks. Now, again, any drawing of Wolverine, any drawing of Mickey Mouse, any any time they're in a movie or anything else, that's all protected by copyright. So. Those are good examples of when something can potentially be both. Okay, so in regards to the game submission, coming from, I, I feel like some of our audience probably has a lot of good ideas. Would you, I mean, maybe I just want your professional opinion on the matter, but if you can't submit a Twitter and you can't submit a Kickstarter, would it almost behoove them to not market the game and hold that idea to themselves? That's a really good question, and it's something that we very commonly have to talk to people about. So... The answer is twofold, and as always, with all things law, it, it depends on your budget. Because, like I said, you can file intent to use. So if you have a name you really like, you can go to the trademark office and say, I have a bona fide intent to use this name uh, within the, the allotted time, which is between us, two and a half years. 
uh, although that is not written down anywhere. And the idea is you're going to release that game within two and a half years. And like, I, although I said earlier, America is first to commerce and not first to file. This is kind of the exception. So if you file an intent to use application and you release your product within that two and a half years, your protection will backdate all the way to when you first filed the intent to use application. Because you said, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, and then you did it. And it's basically a name reservation. So you can start doing things like marketing something that's not out yet. Because it would be unfair to put all this money, time, and effort into something and not be able to promote it until it's actually released. Now, the thing that that also reminds me of, which is a good example of why trademark examiners are very rarely on the same page, is Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter is very commonly brought to us and said hey, here's my Kickstarter. They either come with a Kickstarter that's about to go up or it just went up or a Kickstarter that's fully funded. It's very difficult to explain to someone who just had a $2 million successful Kickstarter that they're not in commerce yet. They just got $2 million handed to them. Their game is everywhere. Everyone knows the name. They're excited about it. Everyone's associating that trademark with that company. And the trademark office is saying, eh, they're not in commerce yet. Now, the letter of the law, as I currently understand it, although it is ever-evolving, but as we're recording this today and with my, with my general knowledge and the disclaimer that this might not be 100% accurate and we would, of course, look it up before we gave you specific advice, is that a successfully funded Kickstarter is not commerce. But once you send out the reward tiers, that is commerce. Now, again, that's a decision by an examiner that is on the books for one of our marks. Oh, because then consumers have your product. They don't have your product sometimes. Sometimes they have an unrelated reward, which could be a wallpaper or something like or that. Or a pen with the name of the... What if, what if you made it like exclusive character from the game in the game? I mean, whatever it is, it's... it Again, no examiner understands this. They, they oh. we're, You're dealing with people just out of college or very, you know, usually close to retired attorneys in that office. I love them all. I truly think trademark examiners are some of the nicest government employees in the world. Uh, but... They, they absolutely do not always understand video games or Kickstarter or any of this. Okay, what about, what about an alpha or like a playtest of your game? Also a great question. So early access, our, our, at our law firm, the example we use commonly to explain this to examiners is Dota 2. Dota 2 was in beta until six months ago or something. Yeah, it even was. Though it was making <laughs> millions of dollars a day. Uh, you know, and it was a game out that was f- for sure finished and released and played by millions of people. Uh, so we use that as an explanation of, of early access and beta and alpha don't mean what they used to mean. Now, by the letter of the law, most examiners would consider a beta or an alpha or, or things like that marketing materials. They would say, you're not releasing a product yet. You're trying to get people excited about your game. They don't understand the system. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's what most examiners think. And especially the word demo or, or playtest, uh. if those words are around on, on your, your specimen you're submitting to prove commerce you're almost always going to get rejected. Like a beta, you can see. You can play it. It's there. Right, but, 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 but they could say that that's not the actual finished product. You're just letting people like play it, so it's like, oh, this game's cool. I can't wait until, until it comes out. Also, for the record, I, you know, I couldn't disagree with them more. I think that is wrong. I, I agree with you that uh, you know, early access, you're, for the point of a trademark, the point of a trademark is a source signifier where I am looking at it, and it's supposed to protect the consumer. So if you are in early access even, but you have a game that people are excited about that people want to spend money on. I, as a consumer, am spending money on Kickstarter to back a game I'm excited about. For the trademark office to say that doesn't count as commerce and and someone else can use this name still 
is outrageous to me. I think that's crazy. I am back in this game because that's the game I want. Yeah, there's commerce right there. I mean, I guess it's, yes, it's between you and the website Kickstarter, but really it's you're spending money to get this game eventually. What what you're not understanding though, O'Connor, and, and again, I don't agree with this, but this is their argument, is what if they never make the game? Then there's no product and they've they've basically taken a word off the market that no one else can use now because they've given this trademark away to someone who, who will never have a product. But that's where that, that you said there's like a two and a half year timeline. That's intent to use applications, yes, for sure. But but what I'm talking about is once you're in commerce, there is no two and a half year oh, timeline okay. anymore. Okay, I get you. So the reason they don't want to give you that full registration is saying, What if you never make that game? It is a fair argument because we've had Kickstarters that had even millions of dollars that just never made the game. Pathfinder Online, thank you very well, um, much. Yeah. Well, but in all seriousness, what if they gave away those trademarks and this person never released the game? Now, I'm sure people listening are saying, oh, the government should just cancel that. Well, that's harder for them to go through and review all their trademarks. So they would rather just ax it and not give it to you until you 100% have a game. Or out. even worse, what if the company wants to be a little malicious and puts out like a, a, a terrible game that was thrown together in five seconds just to keep the 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 trademark alive that's that's not even malicious you're allowed to do that that would be fine if i make some dinky little nothing game and call it pathfinder and i release it on app on on the app store for free before pathfinder releases i arguably beat them to commerce and but I what have if the you're trademark. what if you're using your evidence to submit and it shows like this grand sweeping epic game and then you end up making like a game that's it doesn't worth. matter the trademark office yeah, I mean, it's that would, it's literally just you were saying it's literally just like a picture of it on the app store. Right? Yeah, they they want to see like a download page or something like that. I mean, they don't care if your game That's is a inferior. little scummy. It's scummy of the game developer. Now, don't keep in mind, no law is in a vacuum. So if a if a company did that, we saw it with uh, the hell was Colonial the Marine Alien. Colonial right, they Marines. they were sued, and Gearbox and Sega were sued there for uh, consumer fraud. Basically, I forget the exact charges, but they they said this game was going to be amazing, and then they released an inferior product. That has nothing to do with trademarks, but it would be, you know, you, there are other avenues to fix problems like that. Right. The law is not absolute. It can have exceptions. It's not that the law is not absolute. It's that there are a lot of laws. So trademark just doesn't cover that. So that's trademarks. And now talking about copyright, so we can get into fair use and kind of the point of, of what started all this is copyrights are, again, you put them in when you have something, the second it exists, you have a copyright on it you, and you can, you then register it. Copyrights exist forever, basically. Uh, there are different times for different things, but the most general rule is lifetime of the author plus 70 years. So that's forever. We will all be dead before any new copyright is gone. Uh, that is until we can upload our brains into robot bodies. Of course. And create a robot Congress. That's we, not where I was going. We are not making six robot Congress jokes an episode. Get these <laughs> out of your system. But yeah, so that so copyrights are basically forever. I hate that. I hate copyright law, but it is reality. You know that 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 they exist basically forever. And but isn't that to protect our good work? Well, what do you think is a good amount of time? Just personally, I don't have a great answer for what timeline should exist on copyright. But what I do think is copyright law needs to be re-examined going forward, especially as the world gets more digital. I think an, an interesting idea that I, it came to me in a dream is basically <laughs> it, it would be akin to content ID, which we'll get into what that is. But instead of instead of saying no, you can't make a Star Wars movie. It should be compulsory licensing where if you want to make a Star Wars movie, you have to give X amount of percentage of your income to Disney. And that might be interesting. And only Disney can call themselves the original or the authorized or whatever. But who gets to make up what that percentage is? Well, the law would. 
They would say if you're going to use someone else's oh, copyright. That's government stepping there's into my, no, my life. Yeah, there's no what? way. What government would... already creates copyright? Yeah, but there's the no that way mean? that any company will let you do You think Disney would be like, yeah, I'm fine with 95%. They'd be like, screw you. No, I get 100% of whatever you're about to make. It's my Star Wars. Well, that's what content idea is. You can make a Disney movie, but if they, they, they Disney will then have the uh, option of taking it down or taking all your money from it. Yeah, but you're saying that the government would make the percentage in this idea. Why would a, why would a company like Disney, who paid a bajillion dollars to George Lucas to get Star Wars, be like, you know what? I think this this government law is going to be a good idea where I only get a percentage of this. It's like, no. So then copyright should be forever to you? No. It just lifetime. So what's, what's your answer? Lifetime plus what? I think lifetime's good. Just end a story. Once George what? Lucas kicks the bucket, get me a good Boba Fett movie. Well, Make George it Lucas isn't even... I mean, he is the author, but... Okay, fair enough. I... Listen, that, that's another episode. We can get into the philosophical arguments of copyright. Hey, everybody. This week, our sponsor is forhims.com, a new wellness brand for men. Guys, is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by age 35? The thing is, when you notice hair loss, it's already too late. It makes sense that it's easier to keep the hair you have than replace what you lost. That's why you should check out 4hims.com robot. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits save hours by going to forhims.com slash robot i know that i don't want to use snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements i want to use science remember that's forhims.com slash robot our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today right now while supplies last see the website for full details this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash r-o-b-o-t forhims.com Slash robot. But what I do want to talk about is, is real quickly, the DMCA takedown, which again, all the stuff we just talked about trademarks, none of that applies to DMCA. So the DMCA basically says, YouTube, you have too many videos uploaded every day. You can't possibly police yourself, but we're going to require affirmative action on the rights holder to say, hey, that video infringes on my copyright, YouTube, take it down. YouTube then has to immediately take it down. They're not allowed any review. They're not allowed any mediation process to comply with the DMCA and not be liable themselves for your video. They need to take your video down immediately if someone tells them to. That's different than trademark because trademark is not covered under the DMCA. If I say, hey, YouTube, that video infringes on my trademark, take it down or I'm holding you liable too, they don't have to act the same way and they don't. Most websites will start a kind of mediation process and say, hey, this guy's made a claim. You two talk it out. Uh, they're allowed that, that luxury with trademark world. But in copyright world, they're not. They have to immediately comply according to the DMCA. And that's that. Now, if you get taken down by a DMCA. It's like the ultimate erring on the side of caution. That makes sense. What are you going to do? Pay a million people to watch those videos and, and make sure that like each one's okay? No, you have to just... Take it down and then you hash it out after. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough argument. I do think YouTube could hire a department to review DMCA takedown claims. But didn't you say that like they upload two days worth but of that's content why every minute? They don't have to watch every video uploaded. They have to watch every video that has a claim against it. So rather than auto-taking it down. so And they do that. Uh, YouTube came out with Content ID, which basically trolls its own website. And it looks for 
music or video or things like that. That's why a lot of times if you go watch an episode of Family Guy or whatever on YouTube, it'll be reversed. The screen will literally be just flipped. Or it'll or, be in a tiny little corner. Right. Or it'll be in a corner. And that's trying to trick the content ID that's looking for an exact one-for-one copy. Content ID, though, is is policing itself, which, again, it's another episode, but it, it arguably removes even its DMCA safe harbor protections because they're not supposed to be self-regulating. They're supposed to only be relying on the DMCA. So because we c- they're trying to be proactive, it, it messes with them? Basi- yeah. I mean, the safe harbor provision basically says since you are incapable of policing yourself, we will help We will help you. And YouTube basically is proving like, oh, no, we can please ourselves. No, no, we can. And it's like, oh, we got oh okay, that so Google you money, baby. <laughs> Spend it. Yeah. So so that's that, that's that with content ID. Now... Uh, the DMCA takedown, you can counter that. If you get taken down, if your video gets taken down, you basically submit a counter notification saying, whoa, 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 this is not copyright infringement. There's a mistake. There's a problem. Or what we'll get into is most of the time people will say this is fair use. They have no right to take it down. Now, doing that is very dangerous because when you counter notify something, the only way that that company can keep it down is to bring legal action against you, which means you upload a Star Wars commentary and Disney says that's a copyright violation. Take it down, and then you submit a counter notification because you read on, you watch some YouTube video saying that's how you do it. That's that's good. Or you wa- read all these idiot tweets last night saying, yeah, just <laughs> submit a counter. Uh, that's literally saying Disney, I dare you to sue me, and take me to court. And oh boy, will they? Uh, I I mean, all of those lawsuits end in a very sad settlement, a confidentiality agreement. You won't read about them. You won't see a case law settlement anywhere because it'll never get to that. But it will ruin that guy's life in a lot of cases. And, uh, you know, if you want to be the alt-right troll that messages me and says, show me the case where Disney did that, no, go go do it. Go submit a counter and have fun, buddy. Uh, But, you know, that's reality. These are usually, not, not even usually, these are almost always settled. And you won't read about them. You won't be able to look up the information. It is very secretive. But man, I I would not submit a counter unless you're damn sure. So from but what th- I understand, you really need to change non-disclosure agreements so that people can learn their lessons from other people's lessons. I mean, I mean that's great about Disney and all, but that actually makes me concerned for the small content creators. It's like if you counter and say, "Yeah, I'm not worried. Come on, bring it. Sue me. I don't think you got the money." Like, what if you're a brand new upstart and these trolls are just harassing you and harassing you and harassing you and you submit DMCA claims against all of them because they're they're taking your content and just mocking it and and breaking it down. Oh, because and, they're, and then they're they saying... counter and say, "Go ahead and sue me. You don't have the money, and I don't have Mr. Ryan Morrison on my side to back me up." Like, well, the answer there is twofold. Uh, one, first off. We do help people like that. We very much are able to to pro bono help people in in those positions that are screwed over and in a bad situation. The problem is 99% of the people who email us about that are committing copyright infringement. They just think they're not because they read something dumb on Twitter or Reddit uh, and they don't understand fair use, which we'll get into, but they are committing copyright infringement. Like their video is not even close. They're usually not the innocent ones. Right. And but the well, your to your question just on its face you're right. It sucks. That's reality. The small guy gets fucked every which way here. And you'll see that even more so when we get to fair use, uh, because you and I cannot afford fair use. That's what I'm saying. It- well, what you're saying is you can't afford to counter and risk that they're going to sue you. Or you have, even on the flip side, why not just counter them and, and take their stuff and steal from them because they can't sue you? Yeah, they can't afford that either way. But fair use is is the next step of this. So if you're relying on fair use as to why your video is okay and not copyright infringement, I would say to you, you cannot afford that and do not do that. Fair use will cost you 
a lot of money. I'm talking way into the six figures. Because you're now trying to defend yourself. No, because, well, yes, because fair use is a defense. It is not a right. You don't get to say, oh, my video is fair use, so it's okay. You have to prove it. A judge or a jury has to say it's fair use, which is going to be way expensive. Because just like I said, most court cases don't get to a decision. For, for it to be fair use, it has to. And that's why there's very little, despite, again, what everyone keeps saying, there's very little fair use case law. Where there is case law is something called Lens v. Universal. And Lens v. Universal is a decision by the Ninth District in, in America. Keeping in mind, again, we have a lot of international listeners. This is all throughout the lens of American law, but most countries are pretty similar. In fact, America probably has one of the better fair use laws around because we allow for parody and satire and things that other countries don't. But all that said, the fair use test is four factors that you have to keep in mind. There's there There is four that we go through, there are other parts to this test for sure. Again, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Do not rely on this. And in <laughs> fact, do rely on this statement. What you did probably is not fair use. And even if it was, you can't afford it and move on and do something else. <laughs> but the reality is the the four-factor test of fair use is not what everyone keeps tweeting. Everyone keeps saying, and I really think this is based off an article I wrote because I really dove into this factor. They keep saying, well, my video is transformative, so it is fair use. The other one is my video is free, so it is fair use. You can't see me rolling my eyes. Yeah, neither one of those is accurate. So it does not matter if your video is free. As you'll see, that's one of the factors. It does not matter if your video is transformative. As you'll see, that's one of the factors. That is not an automatic fair use. The four factors are, one, the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is of commercial nature or is for a nonprofit educational purpose. So basically that's saying, how are you using this stuff? Are you charging for it? Are you a school? Are you showing, are you teaching students using this Star Wars movie or, you know, teaching a film class? Or are you just uploading it to YouTube because you want to share your Star Wars video with everyone? Two, the nature of the copyrighted work. So again, they're going to look at what the actual copyrighted work is. Everything is very different. As I said, there are a billion kinds of things that can be copywritten. So, you know, let's, let's look at what that is. Three, the amount and the substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. So this one becomes super interesting, and, and it's it's one that uh, we talk about very commonly. Basically, did your video replace the need to see their video? And that becomes murky when you show their whole video, even if you're stopping every few seconds and talking about uh, the video itself or commenting on it or things like that. Or Again, if the audio is super lowered and you're talking over it, but you can still hear. Right. And you saw with H3H3's lawsuit that, yeah, they showed most of the video, but they stopped and showed commentary. And that's not uh, it does not replace the original video. It is it is absolutely transformative and it hits all these other factors in a way where it's different enough. And as the court said, it is fair use. Uh, that doesn't mean your commentary video is fair use. Stop relying on that. In fact, your commentary video is not fair use until a judge also says it is. I would not rely on that stuff. Also keep in mind, these decisions are all district specific. So you might live in a district that has very different fair use laws. Is that annoying? Yep. But welcome to the legal system. Get Wait, a lawyer. So fair use isn't countrywide? Fair use is countrywide, but the way fair use is applied in each district is very different. These factors aren't the same necessarily in every district and uh, or, or in every courtroom. You know, And especially once you get international, which YouTube and everything else is... A lot of these people are using a video of someone in Italy or someone in Italy's doing this, relying on <laughs> case law from America. It's just stop doing that. Talk to a lawyer and understand what you're doing or don't or just make your own stuff. You don't need to make a commentary video. 
I'm sure your opinion is super magical and unique and awesome, and you're going to be the best YouTube video in the channel in the world. But just just go do something else. Keep your opinion <laughs> to yourself. Number four, the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. So again, that kind what? of speaks. To- <laughs> Actually, that kind of made, I think. I yeah, I think I mean, that was like. Hunter just wasn't listening, but yes, if it basically, I was. I was like, this is hieroglyphics in sonic form. No, it's not. Basically, again, if if you are the more you are replacing the need for the original product, the less fair use it is. If if you are, you know, there again, none of these factors are in isolation, and in fact, none of those factors are even the those four factors together are not the complete test. The judge will look at everything as a whole. And okay, so that one makes so the more you make it so people want to view your product as opposed to the initial product that you're making commentary on, it separates it from the initial product. Right. I guess. I think what you said is more confusing than how they said it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> like if Austin makes a video and then I make a video mocking Austin's and putting commentary like, "Wow, I can't believe you made such a stupid line." And people are like, "Wow, I want to go check out Ryan O'Connor's commentary video more than I want to go see Austin's that the more people want to they you can prove that people wanted to come see my no it's less it's less that and more if I watch your video do I need to see Austin because you've seen it. my whole video or if you in completely relate replaced him in the market right gotcha and it just it's not all YouTube copyright law was actually not written for YouTube but think about like if you write a Star Wars book and it's better than the Star Wars book that exists they're going to say you've replaced their their product and you stole their copyright to do it. So that's not okay. So we can't replace the prequels, no matter <laughs> no. how much we want to. Nope. Sorry. They are, they are forever stronger than you because <laughs> Lucas is never going to die. So in relation to DMCA takedowns, as we've discussed a little in the past, but just to reiterate, when you submit a DMCA takedown, you are saying under penalty of perjury that this is... a. a uh, this is infringing my on my copyright. I have a good faith belief that this is infringing on my copyright. And if if it's not true, you're potentially committing perjury, which is not okay. It's, a, it's for, certainly illegal. In some states, it has jail time. And that's that's now everyone's thing when they're saying, oh, you know, don't submit a DMCA takedown. You're going to go to jail. Well, probably not. I mean, that's never happened. It, it, I think it could happen eventually. But that's not why. That's not what we should all be relying on. We should all be relying on the abuse of the DMA, DMCA system in general and figure out a way to rewrite these laws a little bit. Uh, but regardless, that's neither here nor there. The the test lens view universal, as I started to talk about, it's the video of the baby dancing in front of a Prince music video on the TV. Uh, the Prince music video is not shown or the highlight of the video. Everyone's watching it to see a dancing baby. You're watching was... the baby. You're not watching the Prince music video in the background. Right. And even though he's dancing to the Prince music video, that's fine. But that's it's, it's not why anyone watched. No one watched that video instead of a Prince song if they wanted to hear the Prince song. And Universal basically got told as much. And and what came out of that case law, which is super interesting, is the court said, you need to consider fair use before you submit a copyright claim. Now, a DMCA takedown. Why that's super interesting is because fair use is supposed to be, yes, I infringed, but I have a defense. And that would mean it shouldn't have to be considered by the copyright holder because the copyright holder still is legally saying, right, you infringe that- my copyright. Yep. And this court has kind of rewritten so, how that works. So instead of saying that the person who infringed has to prove it, it's saying that the the person who's issuing the claim, the DMCA claim, should try to figure it out first. It's The onus is on them as opposed to the infringer. Right, which is weird because they said it in this case. And again, as I said in previous episodes, this case has changed nothing about anything. Because, oh, oh, we can't rely on that? Yeah, because every fair use case is so different that the factors are so different that unless you have a one-for-one copy of this, it doesn't really matter. 
uh, we're we're rewriting case law as we go, but we need actual law rewritten rather than having judges keep interpreting archaic law. But yeah, I mean that that's the long sh- and short of the rant of fair use, copyright, and trademark. I feel like you guys know less than you did, and I just kind of rambled and confused everyone more. Did, I feel is like that, you just no. want to keep bringing up the Lens V Universal case so you can continue to bash Prince, and I'm not okay with any of this. I love Prince. What are you talking about? Who doesn't love Prince? Prince also isn't the one that sued them. Prince probably didn't know Prince that Prince is actually ve- was, was R.I.P., my boy, was very protective <laughs> of his works. Never gave it out to Rock Band or ca- never issued it for karaoke because he wanted he, Got it, okay. he firmly believed in the fact of wanting people to produce their own content, which, like you just said before, you want people to do. Stop making commentary videos. 100% agree. Make your own stuff. Yeah, I mean, we don't But need... I love this product so much that I want to make You're a never gonna be Prince Austin. of it. We just don't need another React channel. Like, we have enough. They're not that good. Go make your own stuff. Go make your own content. Right, but it's much easier. It, it's not... It's, it's easier, but it's dumb. Like, Go make right. a video game that is your video game, your idea. Don't make a Star Wars game. No, I want to make a, a recreation of Star Wars, and I'll combine it with Last Starfighter, and that'll be fine because it's transformative. See how that works out, Austin. He's not going to def- Morrison's not going to defend you in court. <laughs> no, I will no, defend. He will I will answer help me them. on Twitter. <laughs> I will help them. Also, stop tweeting me for help with DMCA takedowns. I will never help you over Twitter. Email me if you need help. Chances are I'm not going to answer it because I got 100 a day, and like I said, most are, are fake. But if if it's real, I will help you. I believe that the problem here is that Twitter is a public platform in which people see that it, uh, if they tweet, let's say, larger companies with problems, those companies want to keep a positive public face, and so they will reply and fix issues much quicker than they would through email customer service. So they will tweet Well, I you. agree with that, but don't tweet me for legal help because I would lose my law license but you're so if huge. I'm giving legal advice over Twitter. Oh, so that's exactly like the Pokemon games, the fan games that get made when people make this game and they put them out for free and they're like, oh, what, what's the problem here? I'm not selling it or anything, so how is it damaging? Right. It's a meme at this point that fan- free does not equal fair use on my Twitter, but yes, that is... That, yes, that's but exactly most people, right. you know, they, they ignore that part. Yeah, you... It's insane. I, I, it's And even, like, you would think that if you're emailing me for, for video game help as an indie developer, you found me through my Twitter or AMA or something like that. Right, but they didn't read anything else. Yeah, well, right, because we still get so many fan game emails that are not trolls. They really are genuinely trying to make a fan game, and it's... it's. Oh, man, I made this awesome Civilization game, and I'm going to release it for free, and it's Civilization 6.5. It is, yeah, it's nutty. But long story short, there we is. <laughs> there we is, boys. <laughs> there, there we is. Uh... As always, follow us on Twitter at Mr. I Morrison, at Robot Austin, at Robot underscore Congress. Oh God, O'Connor doesn't all. have a Twitter. Never rate have, us five never stars will. on t- on everything. Hashtag five stars only. If you're going to rate two stars, just delete the episode and walk away. <laughs> just, uh, just, just walk away. And leave a review because every time we get a new review on iTunes, Austin texts me and says, oh, look. <laughs> it, it's, it's always sweet. It's adorable. Uh, except that one dude, Raphael, Ra- R- Richard, what was his name? I don't have iTunes. No, no, yes, you do. You read this one because remember he wrote, I don't understand why they added the third host. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. <laughs> and he does have a point. Yeah, so so that was, uh, no, this was the first review you read to me. And, and you know what? I'm always Mr. Submit the comments and the, and the reviews that you feel are deserving. And I'm fine with that. I, I respect your opinion, goddammit. Raphael, keep telling me I'm useless because you're probably right. <laughs> you are. You are correct. Uh, as always, thanks again to uh, Caroline for doing a lot of the research for this. And it's this is stuff we do every day, but she actually did her law review article on, on DMCA takedowns. Yay. And uh, it was helpful. So Yes, thank you. Other than that, good night. Good night.
that was a headgum podcast.